0: The 2023 NFL Draft is in the book, so we're handing out superlatives today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are locked on NFL scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily
1: podcast for NFL and college football scouting, part of the Locked On Podcast
0: Network, your team What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Lockdown Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making Lockdown NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And of course, a big welcome to our everydayers. You know who you are, those of you who never miss a single show. We appreciate y'all being here very, very much.
1: Joe, happy May first to you. It's uh 11, 11 and a half months away from the twenty twenty-four NFL draft.
0: You know what I learned today? That it's May. It is, but if you so there's a, a tradition here that I learned courtesy of Sal Capaccio. If you say on the First day of the month, if you say rabbit, 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 it is a superstition that if you say them aloud on the first day of the month, it will ensure good luck for the rest of it. So rabbit, 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 rabbit.
1: Is it three or four times?
0: Uh, Just repeat it. Just repeat the words aloud.
1: All right. We're going to do the science experiment. Yeah. And you're going to do it and I'm not going to do it.
0: Oh, man. you're willing to take.
1: We're going to see how the month goes. Brother, all right, we'll revisit this on uh, June 1st. June 1st, we're going to see who had a luckier... <laughs> start, a, start a log of all your luck.
0: Do the best I can.
1: All right, so we are doing your favorite thing in the entire whole wide world.
0: Which was your idea, by the way.
1: It was my idea, because we said, hey, we really wanted to get into the weeds on some of these draft classes, but we want to do something for everybody immediately on uh, the the first show after the draft, right? We didn't want to go right into... Why the Carolina Panthers draft class, da 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 or whatever reason. And 31 of their fan bases are like, well, okay. And many of you, the everydayers for sure, but I would assume everybody who subscribes to this podcast would carry a certain level of interest in all of those conversations from a team-building perspective, because there's parallels that would apply to everything. But we wanted to leave the door open for all 32 teams to get some narratives today on the show so we are doing six draft class superlatives the draft class that did each of the or that is each of the following the most to help their quarterback the most aggressive did the most with the least has the highest chance to be a foundational class is your favorite and the one that you need to see first because you're you're just a little uncertain about what we're trying to do i'm excited man You should do the honors. I I
0: will tell you the first one is the one I
1: struggle with the most.
0: No question. I and I even I don't have like a whole lot to say outside of like the team that I picked for the rest of them, but the first one was the one where I I spent the most time trying to figure out my answer. So the first one is the most which team did the most to help their quarterback. Yeah. All right. And I I narrowed it down to five teams. I only picked one. I narrowed it down to five. The five teams that I narrowed it down to were Detroit, Buffalo, Atlanta, Jacksonville, and Tennessee. Okay? I eliminated Jacksonville and Tennessee, and I got it down to Buffalo, Detroit, and Atlanta. I settled on Atlanta. And the reason I chose Atlanta is obviously their first two picks. Bijan Robinson, the running back from Texas at number eight, and then at number 38, offensive lineman Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse. Obviously, the Falcons, it looks like they're rolling with Desmond Ritter at quarterback. And I can't think of a more meaningful thing that they can do for Desmond Ritter than to give him Bijan Robinson, right? Who is going to be a player they can lean on offensively. They can run the offense through Bijan. He will be able to run the football and catch it, pass protection, inside, outside runner. He's a limitless player. And he's the type of guy that you can just trust to carry the load. He's proven that ability at Texas. And he's going into a situation with, A head coach in Arthur Smith who knows how to get the run game going, but also a pretty stable offensive line and an offensive line that gets better with the addition of Matthew Bergeron, who I think uh, could come in and and if they want to play him at guard right away and be an upgrade at left guard for them. And so I just think the infrastructure is in place for Bijan to thrive. I trust the coach, and I think he's going to mean a ton for Desmond Ritter uh, immediately. And so that's what tipped the scales in favor of the Falcons over Buffalo and Detroit as my other finalist.
1: So, the Falcons were my honorable mention. Okay. They were number two on my list. My number one did not make your short list at all.
0: This is and great. You,
1: and you had a quarter of the league on your short list. And
0: uh, Matt, Draft dudes do math. I don't think five is quite a quarter of 32, it's, but. It's close enough. It's, it's three away from being a quarter, you know. It's...
1: Green Bay Packers. These two tight ends on day two. We had the big question about the tight end room. You have the receiving upside of Lucas Van Ness, the receiving upside of Tucker Craft, Jaden Reed on day two. They spent three of their four day two selections or three of their four day one and two selections and skill players for Jordan Love to do the same thing that you talked about too, to help make the running game better with the tight ends and and the multiplicity that that's going to provide the offense. Uh, Giving a seam busting player giving a different skill set at wide receiver in Jaden Reed. Uh, The fact that they went skill group a bunch and then really made sure that Jordan Love had all the job security in the world by drafting apparently Sean Clifford's (laughs) going to be the backup. So you know full well that Jordan Love is going to sleep well at night knowing nobody's going to come in here and take his job. Um, And not to sleep on Dontavian Wicks either as a player from Virginia who maybe can make a little bit of noise as a day three selection in the fifth round but really like musgrave reed tucker craft combo and what that will do to the offense to allow the packers to stay personnel multiple go to some 12 personnel and run the ball but then still have athletic players for jordan love to to prosper with throwing the ball too
0: well little sidebar debate on why i didn't put green bay and they're your choice you you used him somewhere else no i didn't use him somewhere else Oh, so um, why, I thought, did you, why did you I, not put them on that? I thought about Green Bay. The There's some things that eliminated them from my consideration was, first of all, their first-round pick wasn't used on an offensive player. So I, I took that into consideration. And then I don't know how uh, much immediate help those players are going to provide. Uh, they need to, right, because they don't have a whole lot else at tight end on, on their depth chart. But we're talking about Luke Musgrave, who played like two games last year, and we're talking about Tucker Craft, who's making the jump from Uh, the FCS level, and tight ends can be slow developing. And so I I, I had questions about the immediate impact, and I have a criticism that they didn't pick any offensive linemen. So that's what took Green Bay off of my radar for that.
1: Okay, well, they they have invested a ton of offensive linemen the last few years. Myers, Sean Ryan, those are day two picks. Runyon is a cockroach they can't get rid of in the, the starting lineup careful back to be
0: after you for calling cockroach just like the vikings fans
1: look it's a compliment you try and kill him and replace him and but that was the least important
0: you're attacking the least important part of my argument
1: well i didn't get that to was the like other the part side yet because i'm i'm at, i'm pondering what amount of receptions i want to try to formulate a built bar bet with you for the receptions that these tight ends contribute to the offense this year okay What's the number you think is predictive for the number of receptions? I'm not going there.
0: You're you're the one that's higher on their year one impact than I am, so you could set. Let that me think bar. about it. Let me think right. about it.
1: But I, I I think they're because you made the point they don't have a lot else. They don't really have a choice. Those guys are going to have to play. It's whether or not they're going to play well or not. Right.
0: Let's hope it's not the second coming of Dalton King and or Dalton Keene and Devin Asiasi from the oh, Packers.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> no, I
0: like those players way better. That was that was just me. That was Belichick catching a stray. That wasn't a criticism towards yeah, Green Bay. Okay. I like these okay. players better. Most aggressive draft? I mean, I went first
1: last time. I, I can do it again, but. It's the Houston Texans. They picked a quarterback at number two and then traded up to number three overall to get the best defensive player on their board. That, that for me, was pretty black and white to go up to three from 12 the way that they did and give up a future one, their own future one, in a year in which you're not necessarily expecting this team's going to be super competitive this year. They might be because of the AFC South. But, you know, year one with a new coaching staff, Nick Cassero, we kind of heard the rumblings that it might not be all apple pie in the sky. Still trade up to number three after taking the quarterback and number two and, and for a haul that... You got everybody on the the timeline over the weekend saying, well, if you really think about it, they actually traded up for Stroud and just took the (laughs) interest in two, but they took Stroud at two because they couldn't uh, risk him going to three and then getting out bid, but they paid a quarterback price to go up to two even though they picked the quarterback – or to go up to three even though they picked the quarterback. Like, really aggressive move. So that for me was like that's the most uh,
0: aggressive class, period. All right, you thought that was pretty cut and dry for Houston. I think it's pretty cut and dry for my pick, the Carolina Panthers. They traded to number one. They gave up two first-rounders, DJ Moore, that is a second-round pick or something like that, and they chose Bryce Young, Kyle, with the number one pick. They did it. You said 5'10", 190. Come on down, baby. Five, You're the number one pick in the draft. <laughs> You're our guy. right? That's aggressive. And then, I mean, that I think that kind of speaks for itself, but also trading up for DJ Johnson. They went from 93 to 80 and gave up 132. That's a lot to go from 93 to 80 to forget DJ Johnson, a bet on trades guy. Um, I was listening to uh, Charlotte radio this morning on, on the way, I took my dog to the vet this morning and they were talking about DJ Johnson and a lot of people concerned that he punched that Oregon state fan uh, after the game. That was the big topic uh, buzzing this morning. I thought I would hear other things, but that's what I heard about. Uh, Jonathan Mingo at 39. Um, I mean, I like Jonathan Mingo, but that's, I mean, that's a high pick on a receiver, right? That, you know, I think has some development there injured player in Chandler Zavala in the 4th round. I think there was a lot aggressive hey, here. You didn't like this, huh? What it's not that I don't like it. I think it's just aggressive. You going to double. Did they need to see it too? No, I got a different I got a different team and need to see it. So uh, I, I actually too. had
1: a, a number of need to see it. So.
0: Well, yeah, I know, but you, you know, I'm glad we only have one more negative uh twist, but I think the most it's aggressive thing on the Carolina Panthers. It's not even negative. Just not need to man. see it, right? You just need to see it. You know what I don't need to see people not eat built bars eating other protein bars because these are the best protein bars on the planet kyle they're awesome right they're healthy they're delicious they're delicious because they're covered in 100 real chocolate and they come in amazing flavors like brownie batter puff and churro and coconut almond and uh, cookie dough so many great flavors cover 100 chocolate but they're also healthy right it's like you're eating a candy bar but it's healthy for you they're low calorie low sugar high in protein off the charts macros don't know how built was able to thread the needle there but they did between healthy and delicious so check them out you can head on over to built.com use our promo code locked on 15 you'll get 15 percent off your next order but you can also head to your local walmart or sam's club and pick up a box off the shelf try them you'll thank us later
1: our third superlative is who did the most
0: with the least all right. It is your turn, Mr. Marino, to lead us off. All right, my pick for most with the least, and this was one that I, I debated back and forth, but I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens for this can one. I,
1: can I jump in? I also picked the Ravens. So, Oh, you did? We, yeah, we can just have the conversation, yeah.
0: All right. Well, I, I think the my lead point here is, I mean, they had a 1, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7, right? So no two. They went 22 and 86 were their first two picks. Zay Flowers, I think, is going to be a tremendous asset for Lamar Jackson in the passing game, but it's really about some of their later picks being able to get Caillou blue Kelly at, uh, in the fifth round, who I think um, can potentially start for them. I mean, I, I, I it would not surprise me if he was a starter uh, toolsy player, like Tavius Robinson in the fourth round it, to add to their mix at edge. And then Andrew Voorhees, who is worth a pick much higher than two twenty nine. Uh, perfect scheme fit for him. Right. I think we can agree there, um, but also, you know he'll probably have to take a redshirt year, but they could have an answer in the seventh round next year. So didn't have a ton of draft capital, but I really like what they were able to get done here.
1: Yeah, and didn't didn't he mention Trenton Simpson at at eighty six with Patrick Queen kind of going into a fifth year option year, right? Or they they have to make a fifth year option decision there. Yeah, and if they can develop, and that's kind of the question for Trenton Simpson is is can he be an all time stack linebacker? But it's a nice toolsy selection with really good kind of third down potential value in a blitz pressure defense uh, to go with that as well at 86 so uh, I would not be surprised if you told me uh, Voorhees goes on IR they stash him for the year put him on IR and the first four picks make the roster and two or three of those guys have really really meaningful 2023 seasons as rookies for Baltimore
0: Kyle, you're pretty dialed in on Trenton Simpson and you're dialed in on uh, Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator for the Ravens from his time at Michigan. What about that fit intrigues you, um, being able to utilize that versatility to its fullest based on what you know about both of those situations?
1: Yeah, well, I I think McDonald is a a pressure-oriented blitz defense. They're one of the more, and it was that way with the previous Coaching staff as well under Harbaugh, but you know, they that was part of the appeal to bring him back from Michigan was he was in that pipeline as the linebacker's coach. And um, Trenton Simpson was at his best when he was under Brent Venables and was able to be moved around and played on the edge a little bit. They did play him intermittently in 2021 as a stack backer. I didn't think it showcased the best of his ability, and I think he really struggled when some of the creativity left the defense this past year. And they kind of just put him in the box. So I think Mike McDonald being willing and able to move personnel around and get him walked up in on the line of scrimmage, whether that's on the edge or in inside gaps, uh, I think really puts Trenton Simpson in a position to let his natural athleticism as a 230-pound linebacker take over.
0: Him and Kyle Hamilton on that defense. That's yeah, it's fun. I mean, of course, with all the other players they have, but those two guys and their versatility and what a creative defensive mind can get done with them, pretty intriguing.
1: Intriguing. I think "intriguing" is the best word because I I think Trenton doesn't. He doesn't have a clear cut projection, but he's someone who I I think in a pressure system where some of these reps are going to be a little bit more elementary. It's just Mm -hmm. you're you're firing and you and you're going. Uh, I think we'll let him play fast.
0: And I know that this is not great for Trenton Simpson because he lost a lot of money, but being picked 86th. I think kind of takes the pressure off, right? You've seen like yeah. Isaiah Simmons or Zayvon Collins, some of these hybrid players, even Hassan Redick. I know he figured it out later on. They go early, and there's an adjustment there because they're going to be very versatile players, has to do a lot of different things, and doesn't always click right away. I think right. him being a third-round pick allows that to happen more naturally. I would agree with you.
1: The class that has the best <clears throat> chance to be a foundational draft class.
0: There's some good candidates here. There was. I settled on one, but I, I think it's your turn to go first.
1: I settled on one, but I also have an honorable mention that I want to acknowledge. Okay. And you're probably. I would be willing to bet that my honorable mention is, once again, like it was with the first one, your answer, because I think I know what your primary argument is going to be. All right. My honorable mention is the Indianapolis Colts. Okay. My selection is the Detroit Lions. You just look top to bottom with what Detroit was able to get done, and this was part of the plan with Brad Holmes and pulling all these draft picks. And they went and got really good football players. Maybe not the best positional value, but quite frankly, with where the roster is at and trying to fill in the blanks. They have a dice roll on a quarterback in Hendon Hooker in here that they went up and got, and they they moved for him. But Laporta, Branch, Campbell, Gibbs, those are all really – if they are the players we think they are coming out of college football, those are really meaningful starters for your football team for the next four or five seasons until you have to make a contract decision. And that kind of volume in the top 50, plus a developmental quarterback to, to roll the dice with, puts me in a position where I I couldn't pick anybody else. But I will acknowledge just how promising the Indianapolis Colts Hall looks as well.
0: So if I had an honorable mention, I'd probably pick the Lions Um, because I I do think it was like kind of a glue draft, and I I like that in terms of like foundational as well. So I wanted to find a place for Detroit. Spoiler alert, I don't have one, but I think an honorable mention here makes sense. My foundational choice is not the Indianapolis Colts, Kyle. Mm. It's a different team in the AFC South, one that you already use. It's the Houston Texans. Texans. Okay. Yeah, and I mean – CJ Stroud at two trading up for Will Anderson at number three you have to look at that if you're Houston as your franchise cornerstones on both sides of the football the guys that you're going to build the entire thing around offensively and defensively and so some pretty unique circumstances for them to be able to get both of those players Um, but I mean you could make a case that they got the best player in the draft and the best quarterback in the draft and um, with one of those guys being on offense, one being on defense, I can see them just being literally the foundation for everything moving forward. Mm-hmm. I think if you want to get into some of their later picks, I, I think they may have gotten a starting center, starting center and choose Scruggs, which will be important. Uh, Dylan Horton, I a, a they totally did, edge they rush, up for him like sixty-two, right? That. Henry Toto, I mean, not his best year in Alabama. Go back to twenty twenty-one; it looked really good. You love him with D'Amico Ryan's. Maybe he'll be an answer. And their last two picks might have been my favorite last two picks for any team. And Xavier Hutchinson at 205, the receiver from Iowa State. Brandon Hill at 248, the safety from from Pittsburgh. Not that they really swing the pendulum in this being a foundational class. I just want to shout out some picks that I like. But Stroud and Anderson, I know that you used it as the most aggressive, which I think makes a lot of sense. But to me, I, I wanted to use it here for foundational.
1: Very good. Well, we have two more to go. We have our, our personal favorites. And I have an honor to mention there as well. I would be remiss to... Not have an honorable mention ready to go there. And and then the ones that we need to see, the classes we need to see on the field to decide what the vision was supposed to be and, and how effective it will ultimately be. So uh, we're going to finish with those two next year on Locked On NFL Scouting. Favorite draft class, Joe Marino. Do you have an honorable mention?
0: I guess my honorable mention would be Philadelphia.
1: I also have Philadelphia in honorable mention.
0: Is it my turn to go first?
1: It is your turn to go first.
0: All right, my favorite draft class belongs to the – you probably know who this is going to be. I have a feeling it's probably the same one I have, but – Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes. Oh, you picked them too? I thought maybe you would, not but you did.
1: I I have Seattle as third place on my honorable mentions as well, so –
0: Wow, look at you. You're doing the Joe Marino special here, coming to the table with, like – We're trying to get as
1: many fan bases (laughs) engaged with this show as we possibly can. True. Uh, But, yeah, Pittsburgh, four top 100 picks. They got some good players late. Go ahead. Talk about those first first four picks are really big-time needle movers.
0: I love Broderick Jones, man. I don't think – I don't think there's much of a difference between him and Paris Johnson in terms of how I viewed them as prospects. And one went where did Paris went six Same. Broderick Jones at 14. I think Jones is going to be such a stud and such a meaningful player for them on that O line and helping Kenny Pickett and helping uh, Najee Harris, uh, Joey Porter, a player we thought they might've picked with their first pick. They got with 32, uh, obvious scheme fit. Um, the legacy stuff. We know that that matters a ton for them. Uh, a, a position where I think they needed an answer. They get a high tools guy. Keanu Benton's like one of my favorite defensive linemen in this class. I love him in that defense as their, you know, kind of a gap defender. Learning from Casey Hayward. Darnell Washington. I mean, an absolute alien at ninety three. Uh, being able to lean into some twelve personnel with him and in, in, in and at, at tight end. Man, I mean, that's that's outstanding and then i mean even you you keep going down the list and you can see toolsy players and herbig and trice and anderson that makes sense for kind of their day 3 haul i, I just love everything about it those
1: first four pick i mean they, they will just whoop your butt the you think about pittsburgh steelers football prototypes man like all all those eye rolling clichés about like a pit being a like who he, he plays like a pittsburgh steeler right but like this is it. This this is the class that really feels like it embodies what the Steelers' reputation going all the way back to when they had their dynasty in the mid-70s has been forged on this certain identity of playing football. And when the players that you bring in to this degree have the level of size, physicality, explosiveness, and you do it four times in a row in the top 100, it it's hard to ignore. And I think that's probably why they're consensus, our favorite draft class.
0: So you had Pittsburgh, Philly, and who was your third? Seattle, Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. I'd, if I had to Smith
1: ma- and Jigba, Derek Hall, Zach Charbonnet. Dude. And then on day three, they got Mike Morris, Ola, Ola Tommy and Kenny McIntosh, his picks that I really liked. Yeah.
0: yeah. I might it not have a different up. top three, man. Those are, those are three great classes for sure.
1: There's a lot of classes that I liked, but it was just those three was was a mix of like volume of players and volume of players that you thought were going to be gone by their picks.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to put it. That's a great, I yes, I would have never thought any of the players that they got would have been available where they got them. Very, very fair.
1: Right. Like, that's you do the mock draft simulator. Like, this thing's broken. Keely Ringo's available at 105. Yeah. This thing's broken. Kenny McIntosh is there at 237. This thing's broken. Darnell Washington's there at 93.
0: Mm hmm. Shout out to the people that have draft simulators because it's tough to thread that needle with that algorithm, man.
1: I didn't miss that over the last <laughs>
0: eight weeks. God. yeah pouring yeah. my
1: heart and soul into those tinkering adjusting simulating mm. okay all for
0: all for the weird things that happen just to happen anyways right right, and right. you fight that's so the, hard the,
1: the, i don't want this outcome to happen that's actually going to happen in real life and we're going to praise the team for being the team that right. has the common sense to stop the player from falling down the port right okay it's
0: not fun uh, getting yelled at you know need to see it I hope we don't have the same pick here. I'm kind of afraid we do. Joe, I have like six. So should I go and then you pivot or?
1: No, I mean, we're, let's just start <laughs> throwing some names out here. I only have one to throw out there. How about the Denver Broncos? I understand I like, yeah. they didn't have a first or second round pick when the draft started. But your class is Marvin Mims, Drew Sanders, Riley Moss, JL Skinner, and Alex Forsyth.
0: I like those first two picks.
1: And I know you're higher on you're higher on both of those players than I am. So Drew Sanders will be playing stack linebacker for the second time in his career this year as a rookie for the Broncos, assuming that he does that. And if he doesn't do that, then what does that mean for Baron Browning? Given that Baron Browning's a hybrid linebacker type who can rush the passer.
0: Might be good Mims, news for Josie Jewell
1: right as a stack linebacker and he's never done that before.
0: Have those no have Josie Jewell play in the mic and just send those guys, man. Okay. So you're going to you're going
1: to rush five on every every play in the AFC no, West? We're going to
0: rush Sanders a little bit. We're going to Browning's a good coverage player.
1: And Mims is wide receiver what on this depth chart? Very assuming quick. there's no assuming there's no players traded. He's wide receiver what in the depth chart?
0: Probably 3. Tim Patrick 29 coming off of an ACL I mean mm-hmm. had like one good season in his life. Cortland Sutton's kind of been shaky man. Jerry Judy is he going to be around?
1: And that's what I need that's why I need to see it. All right I need to see what you do from here to figure out, okay here's the the impact that you're going to get from this class. so that that was one of the needs to see its for me.
0: My very my the one that I settled on was was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
1: Oh, I, that I was number I, 2 on my list. Yeah, brother, I got to see. What the heck happened this. here?
0: I don't know. Kalijah Kansi, we figured somebody was going to pick him in the first round. If I were to stack all the teams that I thought would do it, the bot, somewhere in the bottom 8 you'd find Tampa Bay, and they're the ones that picked him at 19. Um really just a unique player that's hard to forecast how effective he's going to be and how many how much volume of snaps he can play in I like that he's going to be next to Vita Vea, but like, this is going to be an odd front defense. <laughs> Where, where's Kalija Cansey fit into that? I don't know, man. Questions about that. Cody Mock, um, is he going to be a center? How quickly can he do that? Ryan Jensen's there. Uh, there's a transition that needs to happen. Yaya Diaby, the third pick is, you know, had a good last season, really toolsy, but there's a lot to unlock with his game and, and how quickly he can be an answer. And I actually kind of like some of these later picks on Payne Durham and, and, Trey Palmer, Jose Ramirez, those are good late-round picks. But yeah. your early investments, I've got like questions about all three about uh, three of them and how it's all going to come together. So, right. so i got to see
1: I want to know how Todd Bowles is planning on maximizing Kalajikansi. Right. How about the Jaguars? Have you looked at this class in its entirety yet? Really let it sunk in with their 13 draft selections and who they came home with for Trent Baalke and company? I've looked through it. We understand the need for Anton Harrison, right?
0: Mm-hmm. You kind of hate that you got forced into that pick. It feels like, Correct.
1: right? You do. I, I absolutely hate it for them. Then Brenton Strange, who I think we're both excited about. I, I think going on the second round is a little bit of a surprise for for some um, in this tight end class. But then you go Tank Bigsby, Ventrell Miller, Tyler Lacey, Yasir Abdullah. Antonio Johnson's kind of interesting. Parker Washington's kind of interesting. Christian Braswell, Eric Hollett, Cooper Hodges. Oh, for 13 draft picks, how many How many players do you have a warm and fuzzy outlook for? And I understand they had three picks in the top 100 and then everything else was outside the top 120. So, like, that, that compounds this a little bit. I understand that. But Tank Bigsby, Ventro Miller...
0: Tyler Lacey in
1: the the third and fourth round.
0: And I'm not that high on Antonio Harrison either. I think he's got to get a lot stronger. At tackle? Yes. Really, like an opposite. Like, if Cam Robinson was your left tackle and you pivot to Anton Harrison, could you have a more different player?
1: So, I put all that together and I need to see it. It's a fair one. Um, obviously, the Jacksonville with, with Balky and kind of the, the reputation that he had forged and, and looked early returns from the 2022 class look good. Well, you, you got to give it to me again. I got to see it for Jacksonville. Fair enough. How about the Raiders? With the needs that they had coming away with what they did. What are your thoughts on that class?
0: I mean, I had I, when we were on our live stream, I thought I had some criticism here, and you were really in on it. It felt like a little bit more than I was. I love Tyree Wilson, though. But, I mean, this team has big-time needs, and, like, I love, like I said, I love Tyree Wilson. But you do have Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, and you come back and you pick a tight end. I thought you had, like, big-time issues at some important spots. Joe, they didn't draft a single offensive lineman. Unbelievable. Need to see
1: it. You're playing in the West, and you got Jimmy G behind that offensive line right now, and I know you're going to run the ball. Got to see it. And then the the only help they got in the secondary was Shakur Bennett. Right.
0: We thought we thought tackle or corners. corner in the first round, right? Yeah. And we get a edge, and then we come back and get a tight end.
1: Yeah, we thought we thought the two most likely positions the Raiders would draft, if it wasn't C.J. Stroud that fell, was mm-hmm. tackle and corner, and they, they drafted one of both of those positions combined, and it came at 104 in spite of four picks in the top 100. Now, they That's got good fair. value with Michael Mayer, I think, for sure. They traded out three spots to go get him and gave up 141, so... It's hard to knock the mayor pick in a vacuum. But when you put that in the midst of the entire picture, I think that's where it just becomes a class that I'm going to have to see.
0: I don't have like a long list of need to see. I had my one team, the Buccaneers, so. Hmm. Make sure I'm not missing anything here.
1: Uh, Washington's is a little interesting to me, too. Forbes, Martin, Stromberg, Braden Daniels, K.J. Henry, Chris Rodriguez, Andre Jones.
0: That's pretty fair. 166-pound corner in the first round. Martin's a nice slot. It's a little
1: surprising. Braden Daniels undersized.
0: And that's kind of a weird situation, too, with new ownership, right? Ron Rivera, I mean – Hasn't won a lot of football. Like, they've been mediocre, right, at best. Mm -hmm. A lot invested in the offense. Um, I mean, the enemy coming over, I think, will be a nice jolt. But it feels like it's kind of do-or-die time for them. And they're rolling with Sam Howell, new owner, and Ron Rivera, who's not really proven to be a consistent winner.
1: Right. So I'll need to see that one, too. Not saying I don't like it. I just want to see it first before I make my mind up. We hope uh, you saw enough to know that you like our content here on Locked On NFL Scouting. For those of you who may be new, thank you for checking out the show. For those of you who are our everydayers, we appreciate you. We appreciate everyone who stopped in today. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. I'm Kyle Krabs. He's Joe Marino. It's your team's every day here on the Locked On Network. Make sure you keep it locked in with us here on Locked On NFL Scouting. Hope to talk to you all again tomorrow.